0: Thank them for joining us tonight. Uh, tonight we're continuing in our study on biblical evangelism, talking about world religions. Remember last time we were together we talked about Islam. So tonight is Hinduism. Next week will be Buddhism, but before we Hinduism tonight. Um, Christianity being the world's largest religion, followed by Islam, the second largest Hinduism is the world's third-largest religion. If you remember, probably the most famous adherent of Buddhism is Mahatma Gandhi. He's not the founder, but he's probably the most notable. But he noted that his religion had no way to atone for sin. He's quoted as saying, It is a constant torture to me that I am still so far from him whom I know to be my very life and being. I know it is my own wretchedness and wickedness that keeps me from him. How sad is that? To be an adherent of a religion and to still feel so far away. I know that there were uh, Christians who tried to reach Gandhi and were unsuccessful, but still to know that you're living in torture to be so far from God. That gives us the the oomph and the urge to reach people of false religions with the gospel. Now, Hinduism, it originated in India about 1500 to 2500 B.C., It was not founded by a single person, different people brought these ideas together. Uh, The statistics from 1998 was that there were 125 to 185, my word folks, 125 to 150, that's not right, help me say this Haley. 850, 825 to 850 million adherents worldwide. Wow, and at that time in the United States there was estimated one and a half to two million followers Uh, their scriptures you can see listed there I'm not going to try to pronounce them Um, but they have several um, writings that they hold as being scripture Hindus claim that their religion is the oldest surviving organized religion which surprised me I thought that Judaism would have been the oldest, but I guess when you look back in the Bible, the Bible begins before Judaism is established. So possibly they did jump the gun a little bit on it. So uh, we'll let them have that one. But their uh, their scriptures, you know, our scriptures, the Old and New Testament were written over fifteen hundred years. Their scriptures were written over a period of about 2000 years but there's no single creed there's no final truth it would be the same as if if christians and muslims and mormons and jehovah's witnesses all these religions got together with all their books saying we're all the same religion but we're all going to go by our different writings there's no clear Um, creed, no, no Hindu faith and message, I guess we could call it. You know, we have our Baptist faith and message, but as far as the Hindus go, they don't have that sort of thing. But, of course, it's a pagan religion. They began worshiping forces of nature, and they would take human heroes and personify them as gods and goddesses. Uh, there's two types of Hinduism: popular Hinduism, which is the worship of gods through offerings, rituals, and prayers, and then there's philosophical Hinduism, where the uh, ancient texts, meditation, and yoga comes in. Um, I don't know much about yoga. I, I know the, I've seen the exercise part of it on television. I don't know, you know, how the, the religion part works into it, but. Regardless, I'm not flexible enough so I don't have to worry. Their belief about God. Their God is Brahman. That reminds me of a Brahma bull every time I read that word, but Brahma. He's one God, but he's impersonal. The ultimate God, but unknowable. So it's um, kind of like the belief of where you believe there is a God but he's not knowable that's the way that their God Brahman is that yes there is a God there's one God but he's unknowable besides Brahman they believe that there are 330 million gods and notice I said million with an M 330 million gods how do you know who to pray to? how do you know I mean how would you know anything Um, I guess since it involves idolatry you pick the god that you're comfortable with out of the catalog and worship whichever one Um, but they believe heavily in astrology evil spirits and curses The Christian response to this well the Bible which is the one single divine scripture revealed from heaven by the one true Jehovah God, teaches us that God is personal. I was um, I was studying some of my uh, stuff for school a little while ago in our Christian theology class, and you know it never really dawned on me. We can't understand God totally, or He wouldn't be God. There's always going to be things we don't understand about God. But God has revealed Himself to us through Scripture, and what He has revealed to us, we can understand. There's hard parts in Scripture. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I don't understand everything. I probably never will. But it's attainable to us to understand His ways and His attributes. Our God has revealed himself to where he is a personal God. He has personal attributes like we have. The Bible says that he has, that he talks, that he rebukes, he feels, he becomes angry, he's jealous, he laughs, loves, and even has a personal name. Things that we can relate to, and like the Hindu religion. None of their idols or deities can be a representation of the true God. Whether they've got 330 million or 331 million gods, none of them is the one true Jehovah God. The Hindu view of creation. You remember uh, we spoke a couple weeks ago about pantheism. Now that essentially means that everything is God and God is everything. This podium is God. This pew is God. Uh, The sucker that Fisher has in his mouth. They would consider that to be God. Yeah. But we know that's not true. Everything is not God and God is not everything. But they reject what we believe about creation. Brahman, uh, and this this is where we start to kind of go off the rails. It's a little bit trippy in my thinking. Brahman is the only... Existence. Everything else is an illusion. So, me, you, the podium, the pew, the sucker, whatever. Everything is an illusion. It's not real. They're, with that said, they have no beginning to say that there was creation, and there's really no end. It's only Repetitious cycles of creation and destruction. And because of that, history has very little value since it's based on an illusion. The sad thing is, it seems like today a lot of people that don't believe everything is an illusion have lost their sense of the importance of history. You know, history, I'm In addition to theology, I'm taking American history right now. It's not my best subject. I hardly know what I did yesterday, let alone what General Lee did several hundred years ago. But it's important to know where we've been so that where we're going, we don't make the same mistakes. But if everything's an illusion and there's no value, you're just stuck in a loop. The Christian response to this view of creation is that we believe in the reality of the material world. Now, not material as in, you know, we got to have things, we want things, but material as in real as intangible, that in you can touch things that they're, they're real, and that God genuinely created everything. The Bible says that all is not God, refutes pantheism. God is present in all creation. And I think this is an interesting statement. He's not to be confused with creation. So if if everything is God and God is everything, God and creation are one. But in reality, God created, and he is not to be confused with the creation. We have a creator and a creation. Also, as far as history goes, God created the world at a definite time. There was a point in history which would have been the beginning of history when time was created that everything that wasn't God, we're starting to tread some deep water here, everything that wasn't God came into existence over a course of six days. And there will come a time when everything is consummated. That is everything brought to an end. That is history, future. The Bible's only book in existence that is a non-fiction writing that the ending happens in the future and is true. Any other book you read that has a future ending has to be fiction because nobody but God knows the future. the Hindu belief about man. The eternal soul is a manifestation or a spark of Brahman that is mysteriously trapped inside a physical body. Now this is not the same as a child being trapped in a man's body. This is a spark of a false spirit being trapped in what we call flesh. Now we've talked about reincarnation over the past few weeks that is you live, you die based on what you did in this life that says you come back as a wealthy person or you come back as a as an ant, whichever. They're stuck in this cycle where their present life is determined by karma the physical body is ultimately an illusion And it has no worth. The body's an illusion, so human life has no worth. History has no worth. Life has no worth. Everything is worthless. Again, how sad is it to be living a life where you believe everything is fake and worthless? But they believe they're stuck In this cycle of their spirit going from body to body over time until they finally do the right works to be released and become again a part of Brahman. Christian response, we are created in God's image. We are moral beings. He created us male and female. We have a mind to think, a heart to love, an ability to communicate with God the Father. We die only once. There is no reincarnation. There is only resurrection. Our eternal destiny is not determined by works. It is determined by the acceptance or rejection of Jesus Christ. And, of course, as I'm going through this, there's scripture that backs all this up. If you were uh, to be in a conversation with a hindu or muslim you know that good to hold on to these lessons to reference back to but what hope we have to know that we're not stuck in a cycle trying to do the right things when in reality we know we can't do the right things um, that great preacher from years ago jonathan edwards he said the only thing that we can do For our salvation is the sin that made it possible. We can do nothing. It's all a gift of God. The only thing we can do is the sin that made it not possible but necessary. The Hindu concept of sin. They have no concept of rebellion against God. Of course, we as Christians know that we willfully act against God and his commandments all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God so we need a savior because if this were an illusion you know don't worry about it live how you want to live do what you want to do but the fact is this is life is real life and there's going to be a day that we have to answer for the deeds done in this body and the only way to be saved is through Jesus Christ, which leads us, I kind of run those together, sin and end to salvation. Since they have no concept of rebellion against God, they have no idea or concept of salvation. They eventually, they hope to eventually get off the cycle of reincarnation. And at that point, the illusion of personal existence will end and they will become one with the impersonal, God. You know, the Bible says that once we reach heaven, we will know as we have known. That there'll be people there. We'll recognize them. People that we knew in this life. They believe that their personal existence, even though everything that they have done has been an illusion, when they do finally get out of the cycle of reincarnation, their existence no longer matters. They become one with their impersonal God. My only question is why? There is, it it seems to me it would be so easy to talk to a Hindu because what hope do they have? Why? Well, I know why. If you worship an idol, you can commit the sin that you want to and you're not accountable to anybody. That's the ultimate why to all of the false religions. But we know that salvation is only a gift from God through faith in Jesus. This existence that we have, you know, you hear people say, well, don't you have a soul? Well, no, actually, I'm a soul and I have a body. We are not, as Jedi Master Yoda said, we're not this crude matter, you know. We are, we are who we are on the inside. We're just marred by this sinful clay that we live in. But once we leave this life, once this body is laid down, the real us... Will be left, and we'll either spend eternity in heaven or an eternity in hell. It's not becoming just uh, becoming um, one with their God. That's almost a sense of annihilation, to where you live, you die, and there's nothing else. We have to let people know that believe this. Yes, there's more after this life that they need a savior. Hindu worship, um, it varies probably almost as much as the different number of gods that they have. Uh, There's a lot of color symbolism, offerings, fasting, dance. I guess they're not good southern Hindus. Some of y'all get that tomorrow. Okay. But dance is part of it. Um their daily worship sense. Um, they don't do a lot of congregational worship, they don't go to a temple but uh, well they do but not in a congregational sense it's all pretty well individual worship but what really stands out to me when I talks here about worship is they, they worship the image of Of their chosen deities. And I read that and I think, I didn't choose my God, He chose me. I'm not worthless because I'm not an illusion. I'm created in the image of God, placed here on this earth, albeit with a sinful nature. But I didn't choose Him. The Bible says we don't seek God. Our our nature is opposed to him. But he calls us unto himself. If you choose a God of your own making, just like we said at the beginning, if your God is to where you can understand them, if you're exalted over your God, then it's not a God. The only true God is incomprehensible. I'm sure each one of these chosen deities, their writings probably tell everything they need to know and what they don't know they can fill in the blanks with with what they make up. But we've got got work to do. Hinduism in the United States, um, there's a lot more words by that third. that is an Americanized Hindu that is the Church of Christ scientists, the Christian science church. I did not know that Christian science was a branch of Hinduism. Now we know. Um, Unity School of Christianity, uh, several groups within the New Age movement, that all springs from Hinduism. So be aware of that. not everything that has the label Christian on it is Christian. You know, Christian scientists to believe what we've talked about with Hinduism are not Christian at all. Witnessing to Hindus, it's it's the same as with Muslims, non-believers anybody. Primarily, it's good to When you're talking to anyone of a different belief or who has no belief, so they say, you know, talk to them, hear them out. What do do they believe? If you take time to listen to them, they'll probably take time to listen to you as well instead of us just going into it presenting all these things. Um, Share our faith in Jesus. Stress the uniqueness of Jesus Christ as God's revelation that we have one god who exists in three persons the necessity of following Jesus and no other idols keep the presentation Christ-centered and share the assurance of salvation and give them a copy of the New Testament you know if we were talking about Islam they're familiar with most of our Old Testament and adhere to a lot of what the Gospels say. Hinduism, they're completely foreign to anything that we know and believe. So it would be good to give them a New Testament and ask them to start with the Gospel of John. So there's Hinduism. Um, I don't have a watch with me. What time is it, please? It's what? It's what? Okay, so we got about four minutes. Does anyone have any questions or comments? Yes, Bob. seems like Hinduism, the they just make up what they want to make up and they worship what they want
1: to worship. That's, and yeah. The
0: way they want to do it. Right, yeah. They just... Very self-centered and selfish. Yeah, make it up as they go along thinking that they're doing the things that are good enough to get them out of this endless loop. Yeah whatever they think and if they don't get it right this time they can try it again. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anybody else? So yeah. People have so many gods, I mean like several hundred. Yeah. Mad. Can you imagine having millions of gods? <laughs> it it boggles the mind. I get yeah. <laughs> e- exactly, who do you pray to? Who do you worship, that's, yeah. Has anybody here ever, I know there's some Hindus here in in town, I believe, has anybody ever talked to anyone of that faith or tried to witness to them? I'm always interested to know if there have been encounters. Yeah, believe it. was yesterday years old when I learned that Christian science was Hinduism. I had no clue that that was part of it. So you say you've, you've known a Christian scientist, but, you know, I thought it was, well, a kind of a take of Christianity that looked more at science for answers, not a not a branch of Hinduism. So that's definitely something for us to, to look out for now. So. Right. Okay. okay. So they they don't believe in our god, but mostly science and nature. Okay. Well, which that sounds a lot like. Well, that sounds a lot like this because if there's that many gods, nature worship is surely in there somewhere. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. All right. We'll, we'll go ahead and um close tonight. It's uh, time. Thank you for those who've joined us online, and we will uh, be with you again next week. Hope you can join us.